Welcome to the University Church of Christ podcast. Today, we'll have Cecil May with us discussing the book of Romans. I'm often asked the question, what's my favorite book of the Bible? Uh, that's a difficult question to answer because I like a lot of books of the Bible for, for different reasons, both Old and New Testament. But I guess overall, my most favorite one would be Romans. And I hear a lot of people saying that. A matter of fact, uh, just last night I was listening on the radio to Adrian Rogers, and he said his favorite book was Romans, and he declared it to be the Constitution of the Church, which is an interesting term for it. Uh, basically, Romans is the gospel, according to Paul. And uh, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell the story of Jesus. But Romans applies the story of Jesus uh, to our lives. It tells us how it affects us and how we can be righteous. Uh, Habakkuk said, the righteous shall live by faith. And Paul adapts that and he actually sort of turns the meaning of it around. He, he makes it mean the righteous by faith shall live. That's how he applies it. Righteous by faith looks back all the way to uh, uh, Genesis, where Paul told, where, where God told Abraham, uh, your faith is counted to you as righteousness. Faith is not righteousness, but it's counted as righteousness. In the New Testament, according to Romans, when we believe Jesus, when we believe that he is the Son of God and that he died for our sins and that his death is a sufficient propitiation for our sins, then his sins, our sins are counted as his and his righteousness is counted as ours. God looked on him and pardoned me is one way that it is, it is said. And so we are righteous by faith. The righteousness by faith comes when we have Christ's righteousness applied to us because of our confidence, our faith in him. Uh, it's common to say that salvation is by grace. It's not by grace only. And the Bible clearly says it's by grace through faith. And it's also commonly said that uh, salvation is by faith only, but it is also said very clearly that faith only is a dead faith. The devils believe and tremble, but they're not saved. James 2.19. James 2.19, that's right. And, and James 2 uh, goes on to clearly say that faith without works is dead, which simply means if God tells you to do something in order that you may receive a blessing— you, you receive the blessing if you do what he says. If you don't do what he says, you don't receive that blessing. Uh, God told Abraham to leave this country and, the, and, and your father's house and go to a land that I'll show you. The very next verse says that Abraham arose and went. Uh, that's faith in action. That, that's faith plus works. That's the kind of faith that is living faith and not a dead faith. Well, even when you, when you talk about Abraham, you, if you go to when he was ready to sacrifice Isaac, yes. um, 
obviously he had the faith, but the action of actually taking Isaac with him, building the altar, and putting Isaac on the altar was a act of faith. It was a it was faith in action. It was a work in the in the sense that he was ready. He was committed to following through uh, with the faith that he had. Yes, exactly. That that is uh, an often misunderstood too. Sometimes that's counted as do you. It was he asking, do you love me more than you love this son? But that's not the test. Uh, God had said very clearly, my blessings to you are going to come through this son. Mm -hmm. Now go kill this son. He had to believe those promises of God and believe that God would, would accomplish what he said, even if... Isaac were dead. And that's what, uh, well, I would say Paul, but it's <laughs> the writer of Hebrews. What, yeah. what he brings out in chapter 11 is he actually explains that by saying that Abraham just assumed that Isaac would be resurrected. That's right. Because that he, he was assuming that God would still fulfill that promise that's through right. Isaac. That's right. And so it was actually a test of faith. Do you believe God uh, well enough, uh, strongly enough, to do what he says, even though doing what he says acts like it would be opposite of accomplishing what he said. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Abraham passed that test. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he believed God, and Abraham said, and now I know. Mm-hmm. By the way, know means more than just I have information. Mm-hmm. Uh, know in the Bible is uh, oftentimes used, for example, in husband and wife relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's the way he's using it here. I don't know. I have a, I have a relationship now with this man that I didn't have before, because he has passed this test of faith. Right. Yeah. Uh, Romans begins um, by uh, with the word Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're accustomed to the signature of a letter being at the end. They put the signature at the beginning, uh, and it, and uh, actually, I think that's a, a more efficient way of doing things. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> uh, but uh, 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 Paul describes himself as a servant of Christ and called to be an apostle, and then he uh, uh, begins his gospel by s- stating that uh, it is the power of God unto salvation. Around that same verse, uh, there's a verse that talks about uh, uses faith twice, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, the, the NIV translates that as about faith alone from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. But actually, what that is, it's using the term justification by faith. We've already talked about what that is. We're using the term justification by faith. And then uh, say that's declared in Romans in order to produce faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when the gospel is presented, that enables us to believe because the presentation of it is the power of God for salvation. It's what can cause us to to believe. It doesn't take a direct operation of the Holy Spirit miraculously changing our hearts, the gospel has the power 
to attract us, to change our hearts, and to, and to call us to come to, to God. And we wouldn't even receive that Holy Spirit until baptism, according to Acts 2.38 anyway. That's so right. you'd have to believe that the, the gospel is what acts first before that, the Holy Spirit it, is able it, to do exactly. that. Exactly. That's right. That's right. So we have uh, the uh, assurance then that uh, uh, in Christ and in the gospel, uh, we have the, the possibility of, of salvation. And as we hear and, and obey the gospel, as our faith acts, as it's no longer a dead faith but a living faith, then uh, it, it becomes uh, something that, that has brought us to God, has given us the salvation that he promises. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. One of the things that uh, the gospel does is to make manifest the wrath of God. Uh, Romans 1 says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness, and it's revealed to those who know not God, who refuse. It's not a, uh, an ignorance. It's a case of refusing to have God in their knowledge. Uh, Paul says that the, God is, the, the gospel is such that, the, God, that the, the words, what God has made is sufficient to convince us that we are, that there is a God. It clearly demonstrates God's divine power and the fact that he is God. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if it wasn't for that, we couldn't have a world. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody's going to look at uh, uh, a building downtown and say, look, look what built itself. <laughs> <laughs> every builder, well, the Bible specifically says every house has some builder. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless the God, unless God builds the house, it is it, it is vain. So we have the assurance that uh, of the fact that there is a uh, a house, there is also a builder, and God is that builder. And because we believe God, then we have a standard of righteousness by which to live. And if we don't, if we reject God then we do not have that standard of righteousness. And the Bible says three times God gave them up. Mm -hmm. If they refused to know God, God gave them up, first of all, to homosexuality. Secondly, to uh, just uh, generally uh, a wild use of, of, of sex however we wish. And thirdly, a whole long list of things that uh, are evil mm -hmm. that uh, follow and uh, what he's saying there by the, by the wrath of God is revealed from heaven is when we refuse to know God, that cuts us off from morality and therefore that opens us up to a society in which there is no morality, in which everything is, is allowable and therefore everything is, is done. And uh, to live in the kind of cesspool of immorality that's dominated by uh, homosexuality, by free sex, uh, by all kinds of wickedness and evil uh, is, is a manifestation of the wrath of God. That's what you have to live in because you, you refuse to know God and to recognize his standard of righteousness. And I think that's one of the tragic things 
that we see in progressive uh, strains of, of Christianity. They want to embrace people that engage in these types of That's activities. Right. And I, I just wonder how they could read Romans chapter 1 with, with a, you know, an open mind and a clear conscience, uh, knowing that they are affirming the type of behavior that not, not only Paul condemns, but God condemns That's as well. Right. That's right. That's a good, good observation. Uh, then uh, the book actually begins its argument uh, by telling us, Romans 3.23, all to sin and come short of the glory of God. Uh, every person is, is a sinner. And uh, we're not able to cure that ourselves. We don't have any offering, anything good thing we can, any good work we can do, or any, any, any promise we can make that will undo the fact that we are a sinner and deserving, therefore, of death. And uh, what we do have is God's promise that uh, uh, if we accept his death as our sacrifice and, and, and recognize that we accept his righteousness as our own, as he has accepted our sins as his own, then we have this opportunity to be sin-free again uh, by grace through a living faith. Uh, and, and that's sort of the message of Paul in a capsule. Mm -hmm. uh, then Romans goes on to uh, point out in Romans chapter 5 that uh, God did the unusual thing of uh, dying for us so that the righteous died for the unrighteous. Uh, the good man died for the sinner. Uh, there's a story in uh, literature, uh, The Tale of Two Cities, by Charles Dickens, that uh, has a story of the man who was an aristocrat in, in every sense of the word. He was the kind of aristocrat they were all the revolution was trying to kill because they had dominated them for so long, but they were all, he was also an aristocrat in the sense that he was a, a good uh, man and, and, and a, a, a man who did good things. His name was Charles Darnay. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, there was a rascal <laughs> in the story who just happened to look like Charles Darnay, and uh, because Darnay was a an aristocrat in, in the, the the sense of a let them eat cake mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, idea, uh, they put him in jail, and uh, this this other guy who looked like him uh, went to prison, changed clothes with him and then left and let him die in, instead of Took his place. Charles Darnay, yeah. which is the, turned it around. Instead of the righteous man uh, dying for the 
the unrighteous. For unrighteous. The unrighteous man died for the righteous. And uh, this last speech that Charles Darnay made after he had changed clothes and and was taking the place of, of, of the man who was such a good man was, it's a far better thing that I do now than I've ever done and a far better place that I go now than I have ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a uh, sort of a gospel in miniature mm-hmm. uh, story. But uh, it's exactly what Paul says in Romans 5, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us. Scarcely, he says, for a righteous man will one die. Just maybe perhaps for a good man, uh, somebody might be willing to die. But Christ died for us while we were sinners and while we were basically in rebellion uh, against him. And, and that's the glory of the gospel. And uh, that he, he took our place, uh, the, uh, the righteous for the unrighteous. Uh, and we have that assurance then when we accept his promise with an active living faith by the grace of God, we are uh, redeemed. We, we stand righteous before God uh, and, uh, and, and, and Jesus' righteousness is on us because our sins are on him. Uh, that, that's the uh, basic, basic mission of the gospel. Uh, uh, basic uh, idea of the gospel mm-hmm. that Christ died for our sins and thereby justified us. Mm-hmm. And then following Romans 5, you see in Romans 6, it talks about the, the importance of baptism and how it ties us into that narrative. Exactly. And it makes us part of, of that whole process. Yes, yes. Uh, Romans 6 goes on to say we're free from sin. Romans 7 says we're free from law. Romans 8 says we're free from condemnation mm-hmm. uh, because of what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one that says we're free from sin is especially interesting uh, because of its use of, of baptism. Mm-hmm. Romans 6 says, Know you not that so many of us that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We are buried with him, therefore, by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the glory of the Father, we also uh, walk in newness of life. Mm -hmm. If we have been planted with him, uh, we are also risen with him. Mm -hmm. And our new life in Christ is to demonstrate itself by the way that we live. Mm -hmm. So in, uh, uh, in, in, in our being free from sin through baptism, uh, the Bible teaches us that uh, we have been freed from the guilt of sin and freed from the bondage of sin. Uh, we're no longer... Every, every sin is addictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like drugs and alcohol we know are addictive, every sin there is is addictive. And uh, uh, we are freed from the power of that addiction uh, when we're converted, just as we're also freed from the guilt of sin 
for which we die because we are sinners. Uh, the law of the sin of righteousness. Let's see. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is one sin and you die. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the, the, the law we're under uh, apart from Christ. Uh, all of us are under the law of God. The wages of sin is death. When we sin, we die spiritually and ultimately physically as well. And uh, that's uh, 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 something we've earned. Mm -hmm. Wages of sin is, is death. But in Christ, when we're baptized and raised to walk in newness of life, we're freed from the guilt of sin because uh, he no longer holds that sin against us, but counts us as righteous for Christ's sake. And also, uh, uh, when we are uh, saved in that way by the baptism and in Christ, we are no longer under the power of sin uh, because we can uh, uh, break free from, from that power and, and live a new life in Christ, just as Christ lived a new life when he was resurrected from the dead. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that is an excellent, um, I guess, maybe summary <laughs> of, of, of the book of Romans. I think that that really captures the essence of, of what the book is all about. So. That, and that's what, uh, that's, that's the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell the story of Jesus, mm -hmm. which is essential for the gospel, because mm -hmm. that is the gospel. Mm -hmm. But Romans applies it and shows how the fact that his perfect life and perfect uh, 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 obedience, perfect, uh, his, his perfect example and, and perfect life is transferred to us when we, when we are baptized into, him, into Christ and put on Christ. Then, then uh, uh, we have the, the blessing of his righteousness uh, put on us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a, it surely is indeed good news mm -hmm. to a, a person condemned by sin. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is now therefore no condemnation mm -hmm. to those who walk by faith. And uh, it is a new life. And uh, if we don't live that new life, then uh, we'll lose that uh, uh, blessing. Mm -hmm. But we are raised to walk in newness of life. And even though, well, for example, uh, we are to walk in the light as he's in the light. Mm -hmm. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So that necessarily means that walking in the light doesn't mean walking without sin. Otherwise, there'd be no sin mm -hmm. for, it, for it to be cleansed from. So we do have to walk as Christ would have us to walk. We have to have a faith that is a living faith, not a dead faith. And when we live that life, we are redeemed by God, we are counted righteous by God, and, and we have therefore the promise of eternal life uh, from God because we are, have, have the righteousness of, that is by faith. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your thoughts, and um, 
I appreciate uh, everyone that's uh, tuning in so far. We hope that you'll uh, enjoy this and that you'll subscribe to uh, our channel on the various uh, podcast platforms out there. And so thank you for tuning in to the University Church of Christ podcast.